0: My guest this week on An Hour of Flower won the Under-21 Worlds and Europeans in the same year in 2014 and then went on to win the Senior Europeans in 2019. He's also a die-hard Roma fan and he's known as the Downwind Man. I'm of course talking about Lorenzo. Lorenzo, how are you? Oh, good, thank you. Well, Thanks where... for having me. That's good, good to have you too. Whereabouts are you in the world at the moment training?
1: I'm in uh, sunny Weymouth at the moment. It's uh, been a fantastic four days of sun, but cold still. But I uh, finally managed to get out on a f- bike and did a lot of uh, kilometres with uh, Henry Weatherall as well and also joined the youth squad out on Sunday where we had uh, dolphins and uh, yeah, Jack Weatherall was coaching and James Gray, so it was good fun. It's uh,
0: always good to... You know be sailing with the dolphins, and people pay a lot of money to to swim with the dolphins, don't they but it's It's good to know that you're in the u k at the moment yeah. and doing well.
1: It was too cold to swim with the dolphins
0: so. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, even though it's sunny, the water's still a bit cold what was it like yeah. having Jack Weatherall as a coach you know being out coaching rather than having him for many years as a competitor yeah, um you
1: know. Mm we've uh gone through uh so many years together competing against each other and um uh you know uh, to have him on rib is uh, the the first time was actually very it, it actually really really interesting how how professional he is and how quick we clicked and how into he is and you know He's just fresh out of the boat and he's so, he knows what he's looking at and uh, it's really refreshing to see someone so enthusiastic and uh, so on it and um, what he's doing alongside James Gray and uh, uh, other uh, squads is uh, really impressive and the detail he's putting into things and um, yeah, I think he's going to go a long way as a coach.
0: I, I agree with you there. Jack's got a lot of passion for the sport and he's one of the guys as well that has this sort of memory that memory bank of every sort of result he's ever taken part in and knows exactly where everyone's come.
1: Yeah, he was always good at that stuff. I was always thinking, I don't think you should know that because, you know, if uh, you're coming around the wind of can and you see this guy and he's, he's uh, really good in the... Results sheet in the past, then you start worrying. So I always <laughs> thought it was best
0: not to know about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a difficult mindset. I think sometimes it's it's nice to know, sort of. Especially, it's so hard to find information out about people that, you know, somebody like Jack. You know, he's the source of information if you want to find out something about the school. Yeah, sport. No,
1: He's uh, really passionate about sailing, and now he's doing other. Uh, boats like uh, um, j70s and S 20s he he's uh, he's gathering and gathering so much information which probably helps a lot for uh, laser sailing as well
0: and also the moth sailing he's doing
1: oh yeah yeah for
0: sure
1: mm. Yeah, well, hopefully i can get a spin on it soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for sure uh, they do look great fun but uh, you've been out in one before haven't you
1: uh, I haven't been out on the moth, but I've been out on uh, uh, I think, yeah, two occasions on a wasp. My first time here in uh, in uh, in Weymouth, and uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. And uh, uh, and then the second time after uh, the Europeans in Port, I went to Garda, and uh, unfortunately the it was twenty degrees, but the week before there was snow on the hills and that all melted and it all came down into the lake and uh, because it was so warm outside I thought oh I'll just be putting on my rash vest and uh, uh, unfortunately obviously I was swimming more than sailing and I got extremely cold and uh, got uh, got very unwell.
0: Oh, That's that's not too good but it, it does sum up Garda how it can be you know lovely and sunny and then you get splashed in the face by the water, and it's—it's it's like yeah, even ice ice. in the
1: in, even in the heat of summer, uh, the water feels freezing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's start off with talking about a few sailors that you've sailed with, some some in the same squad as you, and you know some other people outside of that, and try and pick up on sort of one unique quality that each one of them has. You uh, sort of understand sort of where I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's start off with uh, this year, uh, Elliot Hanson.
1: Yeah, uh, Elliot. Um, he's super, an in international racing. He's super consistent with his starting, and uh, he, uh, um, you know, he, he, every every race you see him on he's on the front line and. Uh, yeah, that's really important to have a consistent scoring, and uh, he executes them really well.
0: Yeah, starting in lasers, a huge part of not being a huge, you know, speed differential. What, what do you say that he does especially well on the start, just to always be on that front row?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I think you know, I, I, I sort of lean to his sort of starting technique. Well, his area of starting where. There's less boats and uh, it's less congested and just knowing where the line is with transits and stuff, that really boosts your confidence to punch on that line and that's something which has always been solid at and uh, something which I've always had to work on. But in the last uh, few years, I think I've started to nail, apart from, let's say, the Euros just gone. uh, Yeah.
0: Okay, another person you still sail with now, Mickey Beckett.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's a big hiker. He's uh, really solid with the speed. Um, he's uh, he's an absolute weapon when it's windy, and he uh, uh, can sail the boat uh, quite aggressively. As in, you know, uh, muscling it down. I think uh, that's my opinion anyway, and. Uh, um, yeah.
0: Really, sort of.
1: He's, there's there's events where, you know, I, one which really stuck, 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 stood out for me was in Miami. I'm not sure which event, what year it was. I think it might have been 2018. And uh, I think he got the two bullets in that World Cup on one of the windiest days there. And that really shook up everyone. And uh, yeah, from then on, he, you know, he's been so consistent in that stuff and also. Built in so much uh, uh, other, um, well, he, you know, he's building up a really good uh, book of uh, what he can do in any condition. Yeah?
0: yeah, I think all all three of you now are just pushing each other forward. Um, let's let's move on to double world champion Nick Thompson.
1: Oh, he uh, yeah, he's solid. Um, I mean. Uh, just winning two two worlds back to back uh his you know his his, uh, his detail to uh to the fitness the the every stone wasn't unturned you know yeah. um he, he really pushed that campaign forward and and uh i mean what he did prior to that as well when I was in, still in radios and just coming up into standards and stuff was so impressive in such a young age and, you know, he's so talented and, um, yeah, it was really impressive and it was, uh, it was so rewarding for us younger guys to, you know, jump on his wagon and learn from him and, uh, yeah.
0: So it was really the attention to every sort of aspect you could... You know, possibly have them.
1: Yeah, you know, he was a lot. Uh, he he, sh- he had such a maturity that we didn't have. Um, you know, he's seen everything before, and I think he was a lot more clinical in decisions where, to help his campaign.
0: An ideal role model for yourself, then.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: What What about uh, a Australian sailor then, uh, Matt Worm?
1: Yeah. Well. He's uh, unstoppable. He's Mr. Consistent in the laser class, and um, yeah, he's he, every event. He's you know, you could bet that he's going to be in the t- in the pole gym, and um, yeah, it's impressive how you know uh, how young he is, and how but how mature he is, and how uh, you know he gets the job done. Um, I think you know I, me, Elliot, and Cam Douglas one year in 2010. I think it was we we got taken to Australia to do the Australian Nationals in the radio. And uh, the first open week, I think the Open Nationals was really windy and I struggled a lot. But in the in the uh, Junior Nationals, uh, I fought everything uh, against him and. Uh, I was leading all the way through the event, but at the end, he always came through and won. And you know, and uh, I remember one day that it was you know super shifting. He was there with an iPad with his coach already so sophisticated with technology and stuff, going through really specific debriefs. And uh, yeah, it was quite impressive what you know what he's, he was doing with his team.
0: I, I just remember. A couple of years ago in 2019 at here, and he was literally putting in straight bullets throughout the week. and Yeah.
1: It was, yeah it was big
0: winning margins as well.
1: Uh, he was running rings around the whole of the international uh, fleet. And, uh, yeah, um, I think on those days like that where it was proper windy, it's, on a, it's very hard to find someone who can stop him.
0: Just on a different level in a way. Another international sailor from Croatia, silver medalist in the Rio Olympics, Tonci Stipanovic.
1: Yeah, uh, he's he's been uh, really consistent as well as a as a uh, sailor in the international class in the, in the laser class, and uh, you know. Um, uh, he, I, I remember once in Palma. I think it was, yeah, it was 2016, uh, beginning of Palma in 2016, and uh, I think he had he had an operation and um, had to. That that was his first event back from from that operation. And I said, look, I think you're going to be one of the favourites this time because you know you're so more um, geared up and you want it more. That uh, uh, your your next few months will be so clinical, and you'll get everything from it. And uh, and uh, he was also sailing very well. Then and um, yeah, uh, he he absolutely smashed the games.
0: Well, what would you say was the biggest factor? Was he really quick upwind or downwind? I think. Uh,
1: well, um, he's he's super quick downwind. Um, and uh, actually, everywhere is pretty quick, and uh, um, yeah, he's solid. Uh, and his, his whole whole team is very quick
0: everywhere. So they, mm. they're definitely doing the technical stuff very, very well. For sure, you're sort of saying, in a way, then that you know, by getting that silver at the Olympics, is leading for a large part of it as well. He just really turned it on when it mattered then
1: yeah yeah, for sure um, yeah, so <laughs> but that's when the pressure and he he was he's had a few games before that, and yeah he, he really turned it on when it he needed it
0: how how do you in yourself cope you know under pressure
1: well um yeah I think uh, you know. When you're doing well, uh, you, you you and you start to believe in yourself. It's quite exciting. It's quite fun. But the most important thing is that you keep um, working and you keep focusing on what the next thing that you need to do. Um, what, like for example, if you're on the start line and you're you're a bit, you know, you feel like you're not in the zone. You just have to think, look, where's the pressure? What angles? Uh, what, what's the wind angle at? Uh, what's the pin-end bias? What, what, what's the bias at? And you're just trying to get yourself thinking about what what the roles are. Um, uh, because it's very easy to get lost and to lose focus. And At the end of the day, you have to treat the, the, the next race as uh, as uh, every other race, and, um, to reset, and, uh, um, it's just, uh, sort of a cycle, and, uh, um, yeah, that focus is really
0: important. Just sort of keeping focus and just worrying about the next right decision to make.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, um, that, uh, yeah, and as long as you're keeping that cycle through, um, you're not going to get sidetracked, I don't think. And that's what I've been trying to continue with.
0: Last sailor to pick up on, somebody you sail with in the Star Sailors League, is Ian Percy.
1: Yeah, well, uh, big name. And uh, I was very, very uh, shy to meet him and um, talk to him. But uh, I had a great time with him in Nassau, got to know him uh, in the evenings after racing and um just talking about you know his his past and his campaigns and how dedicated he was and you know um and but the the thing which uh really stood out for me is his belief in himself and that really you know opened my eyes and something that uh I sort of found in myself sometimes but not as strong as he had and it was you know that's a big learning from me personally and that belief that he had in, the, in in him showed that it came out definitely on that last day where he went on to uh, do three finals races and he won he won the event in the end
0: just purely for self-belief and then just turn because of that just turning it on yeah, it was incredible. Like that, it was a yeah. That event
1: was an honour, and I'll never forget. And it was so amazing to be part of. And there were so many other sailors there who have got such uh, massive names in the sailing, and uh, it was it was really special.
0: The Star Sailors League is, like you said, incredibly competitive with a load of great sailors. Just picking back on to sort of his self belief, is it a certain mindset he gets into, or?
1: Yeah, I guess so. But uh, yeah, I guess he's, uh, you know, there. He he just rocked up, uh, uh, and uh, I guess he hasn't really been sailing that much. Uh, I don't know um, before that event, and you know, he just relied. I guess he relied on that belief and also all the years that he's banked in previously
0: and uh, yeah Yeah. Yeah. he really
1: turned it on when he needed to
0: yeah that's a huge part of any sport really is just making sure that you know when the pressure's on that you still perform at that high level just picking back up on uh, Nick Thompson for years you've had him as a, a role model and then a competitor and now he's he coached you out in the Europeans last year what's it like that transformation to somebody that was sailing a stand and doing well when you were still in a radial to then being next to him on the race course and training alongside him to then, you know, him now coaching you?
1: Yeah, for that event, you know, it was incredible. Uh, I don't know who could have been there, who would have done, uh, you know, a better job for me and, uh, yeah, it was the intent like you know the the passion was there uh the 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 details was there you know the, the the briefings and stuff and the debriefings were so uh uh so clinical and um you know the but the thing which really helped me was i guess he knew me as a person um he knew my character and uh he knew my talent and he just made it easy for me, uh, putting me in the right mindset to achieve what I can do with my talent. And, uh, you know, if if he saw me just before the start where I was a bit worried or, you know, um, he, he'd, he'd just, you know, put me into the right set of mindset and, uh, just say, go on and do your thing. And, uh, it was. Uh, I had so much fun um, racing, and it made racing so much easier with uh, with uh, the talent, you know. I, I should, you know, the talent as a coach he has, which is incredible. I mean, you but know, as is, he's just started as well.
0: I mean, you know, Nick Thompson more than me, but two qualities I'd say that are good for coaching that I think will take him, you know, will help him a lot is the fact that he's got a lot of passion and that he's always upbeat. That's from my personal view. I mean, you're a lot closer to him. Would you agree with that? Yeah.
1: And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think he got a lot out of, you know, seeing what he's putting in as well. And, uh, uh, I think, you know, the energies bounced off each other and also Mickey and and uh, uh, the other lads uh, at that event. And, you know, it, it, it was so refreshing to have someone so uh, passionate and so energetic uh, beside you. Mm-hmm.
0: And how did you actually start out in sailing? Did you come from a sailing background? Who, me? Yeah, yourself, yeah.
1: Well, uh, my dad, uh, we lived in Italy, uh, and, uh, my dad, uh, sailed, uh, yachts and also flying Dutchmen and Solings as he was younger, and, um, then we moved to Scotland and, um, uh, uh to a small village, um, on the canal, Crinning Canal, and, uh, I was pretty bored because there wasn't any kids around about the house, and, uh, uh, my primary school was uh, at the end there was only eight pupils in the whole school, and I was the only one in my year and uh,
0: it was quite crazy but um yeah, cool, so then. so just to you know
1: spend some time uh, I started sailing uh, with my dog, Oscar. It was a golden retriever and uh, after that um that saw that I was getting better and bought me a brand new topper, a red one of course uh and uh, from then on, uh, started travelling around Scotland and uh, doing travel travellers, and uh, then got in the national squad, the Scottish national squad for that. A year after travelling uh, around UK, and uh, then got into the top of national squad, and getting I was the last person. David Cockrell at the time was the coach and he put up uh, a list of the sailors. And my name was at the very bottom, who just got into the national squad. And that gave me so much fire and determination to show him that that's not where I was belonging. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, good fun to use that energy to uh, really, you know, pro- propel me up the ladder board as he did, as he used that as uh uh, as a small racing after the weekend of uh, training. So, yeah, it was good fun.
0: So, sort of a scraping into that squad at the time just fueled you that motivation just to really Yeah, that list, forward. yeah, of saying my name at the very
1: bottom. And uh, I just wanted to show that that's not where I'm supposed to be. And, uh, yeah, it was good fun.
0: Whereas rarely you see your name, you know, not at the top anymore in, in the laser fleet. So it's obviously showed that, you know, it really did motivate you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you you see, uh, you know, is it the last dance I saw? Um, It was insane how, I guess, uh, Michael Jordan. Jordan used small things like the guy didn't give me a handshake at the restaurant or he didn't say hello, but she used that to then go out onto the court and just absolutely smash them. And, uh, it, you know, it's important to have these small things which uh, give you energy to show someone uh,
0: that, you, know, you you know, you go, you're got, you not, you know, go and smash them, really. Yeah. And back in those topper days, you were sailing with, you know, some of the guys you're still sailing with now, the likes of, you know, Elliot Hansen, Mickey Beckett and Jack and Henry Wetherill. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I did the first Eric Twine event and I think that's where I first sailed against Elliot. And I think he had a light blue old topper. And I think me and him were racing at the back of the fleet. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was pretty hard, that event. And uh, thankfully, after that, we got a lot better, a lot quicker. And, uh, yeah, but then uh, I think uh, the, the year after, we were in national squad with uh, Mickey Beckett. And, uh, yeah, um, so many other talented sailors who have gone on, to sail and, you know, Mon, for example, he's out in uh, Auckland uh, as a main sail trimmer on Ineos and stuff like that. It, it, that group was so talented and uh, uh, it was so good that we had all that talent around us and uh, we, we, I guess, we bounced off each other and learned so much uh, off all of us.
0: And what's, sort of, because you're still... You know, been in the same squad for years, sort of thing, with those guys. What sort of the biggest things that you'd say that have kept you so successful? That sort of younger people, you know, that are in toppers, in four point sevens, could sort of learn off you guys.
1: Well, I I guess the the will to win, uh, and you know, to beat each other, and um, yeah, I think that's something which. Especially in the standard, when I then moved on to standard, we had such a, a young standard group, uh, and the coach was Peter Walker, and he, I think he was the best coach we could have ever had at that time in our career. It was really solid with uh, planning and uh, you know, um, like, uh, you know, planning your the uh, road to success, and uh, you didn't miss a detail out of that. And uh, you pushed us very hard and the amount of crazy days we went out to experience in the laser here in Weymouth in 40 knots, wherever, and uh, in, in winter. And um, But, you know, we all wanted to beat each other every day and on the bike or, uh, I'd say in the gym for the others, but I wasn't very good at that, so I couldn't be there. But... <laughs> Uh, I was always the smallest, but um, no, we had uh, such a strong, well, young, but such a strong group of, you know, we had um, Alex Mills Barton and Martin Evans, who were the seniors, let's say, of the group, and they were already such solid, uh, talented sailors, and uh, what we learned from them uh, of uh, campaigning and uh, being really professional and you know taking the boxes was really important for us, for us younger guys such as me and Jack and uh, and, uh, and Elliot and uh, Cam Douglas and yeah we really needed those guys there and uh, yeah just travelling around Europe, with them was a real real great
0: right, yeah, yeah. and you say sort of you've all got that will to, to win and succeed and sort of to try and beat each other and move forward sort of thing but what's been the biggest you know to keep you all sort of together and keep you in that same mindset rather than because sometimes if you a, a group you know with a lot of young guys can fall out over yeah, yeah, you, know, what, sure. you know what's kept you guys from not falling out Oh, we,
1: did, we definitely did fall out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, those falling outs showed how important this was all to everyone. And you're learning from every single time you do that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just a process of uh, getting to where you need to be. And, um uh, and you know you have to, you have to take in those arguments because they may have a point And that, you know, especially if it's a senior guy like Alex North barton was always saying, you know, Lorenzo, you need to eat properly. Uh, <laughs> but just don't don't just eat pasta and stuff. <laughs> uh, you need to get out on the bike, you know, and uh, yeah. It, it was, uh, the, the, the way that it was all set was uh, really, uh, it was needed for, for me. And what I learned was really important.
0: For sure. And I think, you know, learning off those older guys as well. But you, you were saying as well sort of about, you know, in the gym sort of, you know, you were the smallest. In the same aspect then as, you know, being told not just to eat pasta, sort of same aspect in the gym, I presume.
1: Yeah, well, I remember in Palmer. I was uh, I, I was lucky enough with the Scottish schooling systems that I had. I was too young to go to university that year, and uh, Jack and Elliot were still finishing school, and uh, so I spent the winter in Palmer with uh, Martin and Alex, and you know, and when when the other two could could come out of school, they did and. You know, we'd wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, get on the bike, cycle to Randa, which is a nice hill in the middle of Mallorca, and ride back to Arenal, have food, then go out sailing, and then do a solid three hours or two hours, and then come back in, and then probably expected to go to the gym. And I was absolutely distraught with, you know, no energy, but... uh, you know, and trying to put on weight as well, which uh, looking back at it, I'd probably do it slightly differently. But just, uh, uh, you know, uh, you had to experience it, you had to learn from it, you had to. Uh, and it, it did give you that grit, I guess, that uh, we need uh, nowadays. And, uh, yeah, just that whole whole time will, will always be in my memories. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time.
0: What you say about you know you do things a little bit differently? What can you expand on that? What exactly would you do differently?
1: Well, for me, sailing takes such such energy out of me. Uh, whenever I go out, I put in everything uh, just to get the be- most out of it because I think, uh, especially now for me, um, you know, sailing might be limited, and um, uh, so whenever you go out. Your your energy is fully focusing on your technique, uh, the drills, um, speed, um, starting uh, drills, and you know. But you need, but your body needs time to adapt and to take in the gains that you're doing on the bike and in the gym. And you know, for me in the gym, I've always struggled to put on mass, body, uh, strength, and stuff. But it's easier for me to put on aerobic fitness. So, uh, you know, you just have to understand yourself, and it, it does take time to do that. And uh, you know, um, once you understand what your body's uh, naturally, you know, easy and what's harder, then you have to spend more time on prioritising the time
0: and uh, yeah it's, it's just uh, balance really and you seem to sort of from that the under 21s in 2014 sort of it was my first year you know sailing in a stand or sailing in general and you went on and won the under 21 worlds and Europeans and for me at the time I was like oh you know this guy's pretty good what, <laughs> what does it feel like to win both of those in the same year which you know, people rarely do.
1: Yeah, well, um, uh, actually, I, I broke my wrist in, uh, just before I was supposed to go out to Princess Sophia that year. And, um, uh, yeah, I was, you know, I was saying to the doctor, what do you mean? It's broken. Why are you putting a cast on it? I need to go out to Palmer, uh, to do, uh, you know, British sailing team racing and stuff. And, uh, but the team here in Weymouth at the British Sailing Team, you know, got me, got me uh, doing other things in the meantime. while well, my, uh, and you know, one of the biggest working on, work-ons for me would have been fitness, and you know, I just and strength. And you know, they got me onto the leg press machine, they got me onto the bike, on the watt bike every day, and you know, something which was so important for me to do and I it probably if I didn't break that wrist I wouldn't have done that but I left I left the, I, I got back into the boat after getting all that sorted a lot fitter a lot stronger than when I left and if it wasn't for that I think yeah, those results might have not been the same and um but yeah I was going into that first event especially um somewhere where I've spent a lot of time uh in Garda, um, I love it there because you know, in the morning you you got the north wind, and in the evening you got south wind. If you want, you can do downwind, and then stop, wait for the wind to come back, and then a downwind home. Uh, but you know, going there, um, we were racing each other, uh, as in the British sailing team, the you know. The talent the young talent that we had, and we we, we were so prepared from you know what Alex Mosbarton and Martin Evans and Cornish and uh, Matt Reed, what we learned from each other, we had i think uh, an edge on on um, on well I, I, I believe there in that first one we were racing against each other and, and um, there, there was a lot of pressure. To to uh, come away with uh, you
0: know who's going to be on top. Just looking at the results for people who don't know, four Brits in the top six, yourself on top with Jack Webber in second, Mickey Beckett was fourth, and Henry Webber was in sixth. So, like you're saying, that that strength in that squad at the time really. Oh, followed. it was massive, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. We we were we were putting in bullets, second places, third places, and you know, being split fleet, you'd be looking, you, you'd just win a race, and you're like, okay, what's the other guy's done? Ah, they've won a race as well. So the so it was always putting the foot on the pedal, you know, accelerated pedal. Uh, it, it was until until the last day. I think that the racing was so tight, it was incredible and the pressure just kept building and building. Unfortunately, I broke my bottom section in the in the first race of the finals and that just increased that pressure even more. And uh, yeah, I remember there uh, when it went and that was the only discard I would have had for the, the finals. And I went, uh, Peter Walker came with the rib. He had the bottom section in the rib. Nothing was said. Nothing was spoken. We just got on with it. I got in the water, took the sail off, re put the sail on with the new mast, and you know, got back on. Tried to dry off, and it was game on. I had to had to uh, had to just get back into the boat and treat the next race as it was any other.
0: And, and you... Uh, you went on yeah. to win that next race as well,
1: yeah yeah, yeah after, uh, uh, you have to come back with a strong performance, and thankfully i did
0: i I presume as well that the adrenaline must have been going for you at the time of you know having that disappointment and you know just getting it sorted, you know the adrenaline and motivation to really do well must have been yeah at high. yeah but you know you have to
1: you have to uh control that, you, you can't go too high, you can't go too low, and uh, if not, you know, that will distract you, and um, I remember the last day, and we managed to do a race in the evening, eight in the morning, sorry, with the north wind, and uh, it was dying out, and, you know, it was barely finished at Shibbol. but we got through the line, and I think I finished uh, in the top ten, but probably one of the worst Uh, scores of the day but it was okay because you know the points wise I was still in front with a bit of a gap but then people were saying that's it for the day and you know I was like oh I don't know if that's true or not I better stay focused and then of course we had to wait for the uh see the sea well the the evening breeze the southerly the aura and we were waiting for it and you know everyone was eating I was like no no I need to be ready and then actually I was saying actually I do need to eat and oh no it's not enough time now and it was so crazy and I was so uh, anxious but um, again I managed to get everything back to control once I hit the water and I think I I came away with a win in the end as well which really tops off the event
0: so what would you say in those days where, you know, there's long postponement like you're having that, you know, just to keep your focus to, you know, then go out and, you know, put in a win? Yeah, well,
1: I think I think that was kind of an exception, how stressed I was. But, um, yeah, usually uh, it's important to switch off and then switch on. And for me, whenever I get onto the water, that's when I have to switch on. But whatever happens off the water, you know, you just have to try and uh, stay relaxed, stay hydrated, stay out of the sun if possible, and just, you know, talk to the guys who you want to talk to, um, you know, and just try and control the environment.
0: There's control the the controllables that you have control over
1: yeah
0: yeah exactly and that last day you know for people that don't know the results wise are all over the place and you know in terms of the top ten sailors, you're the only person to put two top ten results in yeah uh, so <laughs> it
1: was uh, it was uh, it was a really it was a really really uh low scoring event for me that one and uh, i think i think just the pressure and 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 the the amount of Belief I had from that event, I think, helped me a lot for the worlds in uh, Dwars. And,
0: and moving on to that, you then went on and won the worlds as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, I had a completely di- different battle. I had uh, Thomas uh, Herman Thomas Gard and uh, oh, he's a really talented sailor and someone who. I checked the results the other day of my first international four point seven event in uh, at the worlds in Busios in Brazil, and uh, he was up there and I think he was top three and uh, that was his first event and I already had the whole winter's training in the four point seven and he was telling me how uh, you know how he got onto the reach and he had to look around for the other boats to see how he had to set the the kicker. It was just incredible. He's so talented on how to race in an international fleet and he's so quick as well and, you know, now he's... uh, I believe he could be one of the favourites if if everything goes well for him at the Olympics.
0: And so just having that natural ability then? Yeah, he's... Really talented sailor, um,
1: yeah. He's grown with age, and obviously he's really fit as well. And yeah, he, he's he's a strong, young, talented sailor. Well, young as same age as me.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so moving on from that, to sort of going on about you know the Europeans were in Torbay, and you said you've sort of done a lot of sailing in Torbay. Was was it like sort of training with somebody like Robert Scheit out there?
1: Oh. I remember uh, you know, you get out there and I think it was he was still in a well, he was just finished his star campaign in twenty twelve and he's already on the water in a laser standard, uh, a few months well, a few few weeks after that. And, you know, I saw the Brazilian uh Stickers on his sail, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is Robert Schneider. And I always knew he lived there, but uh, I never saw him out on the water before. And uh, again, I was very shy to approach him. But uh, yeah, um, it's incredible how um, how it's you know in a laser you get out on the water. And, if there's another boat you go and say hello and you, you you do a few speed tests and you know, he just said, All right, let's let's do a few speed tests and just the awe of being around a guy like that and, and uh and you know, he's so determined. Every time he goes out on the water he's pushing that boat to the limit. And, you know, I remember Peter Walker showing us a video of him reaching and that was after a whole two hours of training with us, uh, and we were completely, you know, bumped. <laughs> yes. And we just needed our protein shakes immediately, and he was still, you know, gritting his teeth, sending that boat down waves, and yeah, it was insane.
0: He's, yeah. So sort of that, with Robert shite just that will to, you know, keep going and just, you know, every opportunity on the water, just maximise it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, that's something which I have to do now, and, uh, you know, everyone has to do, I believe. Um, and uh, that will to, you know, have that time and use it. Uh, and that energy, I think, really is important for stepping uh, and making gains, you know. But, uh, yeah, his determination after all these years is incredible.
0: And staying with those under-21, you know, events that year, you are still at university, am I right in saying?
1: Yeah, I was still at university. And um, so, yeah, winters were very tough. Um, to juggle the two was uh, really tough. Uh, I, I didn't have a car down here and... Um, I had to use go on the train, which then the trail track train track uh, got swept away between Plymouth and Exeter, so that made my journeys longer to Weymouth and back. At uh, yes. which I went to University of Plymouth, yeah, and um,
0: down yeah. at yeah. Uh, Dawlish.
1: Yeah, 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 and you know we used to do those po- well uh, those uh, squad camps in Weymouth, and we used to. You know, drain ourselves with every energy that we had on the water and in the gym and, you know, on the rowers. And, you know, by the time I got back to university, I was pretty useless for a few days. And then by the time I was gathered enough energy to get back into revising, I had another training camp. And, uh, yeah, but I think there to handle the two, it's really important for a student to. Get into that classroom. Get get to know those tutors. Tell them you're involved with sports um, at a really high level, and then get your university the sports uh, department, and you know say what you can offer for them, and I'm sure they'll offer you a lot more back. And you know help them help them to know what you need uh, to help yourself. And, you know, yeah, I think that's something which really I, I, had, I had to do. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, that helped a lot in the end.
0: Do you also feel that, you know, trying to organise both your uni and sailing, that when you finished uni, it then became easier to then just focus on the sailing? Oh,
1: the the, time, the free time was incredible after that. But, uh, yeah, I... I think it gave you that, you know, um, it it was such a tough time that I got through it and that just gave me so much energy to just fully go into sailing mode.
0: And And following on from that, you know, those under-21 events sort of moving later on into that same year, was the World Championships in Santander, and you're very close to actually making the the medal racer.
1: Yeah, well, you know that, that that those few months there, I was sailing really well, and uh, in junior events, and uh, I had the opportunity to go to the uh, ISAF World Championships in Santander, and um, yeah, it, just everything ticked, and. Uh, I was sailing really well, and uh, I think I only just uh, scraped out of the medal race, uh, but I, I gave it my all on that last day, which was super windy, uh, to to get there. And uh, But yeah, I, I learned a lot, and to have that result at an international senior event uh, was just incredible.
0: And like you said, you only just missed out on, you know, getting into that medal race. I think looking at the results, I believe it's only one point, like you're saying. And was that? Would you say that was your breakout event?
1: Yeah, well, senior for sure, and uh, and uh, yeah, just after that, um, you know, the confidence starts creeping in, and um, I think yeah. Yeah, at that point, I was, you know, my thing was the downwind, and I could, re- I knew I could rely on that to get out of tricky con- situations, or, you know, as-, as long as I stayed in contact with the fleet, I would, I know I would be able to get around them by the bottom, and uh, yeah, just confidence built and grew, and um, it was just a matter of rep- replicating and keeping things ticking. And uh, just knowing that your your course that you're on is the right one, and especially at such a young age, and it's just up to experience that you gain from
0: that. Now, for sure. And what what would you say for the sort of the younger people, so the, the guys that are in the youth squad, the under 21 guys? What would you say to them, sort of, to, you know, to try and gain that experience, but not sort of put too much pressure on themselves
1: yeah well you know uh, now it's incredibly difficult with uh, with uh, the situation we all have um but you know I, my my answer would have been to you know get out to as many international races as you can uh, if but you know now it's it's completely different um, but you know I think it's important now for you know to to do what you can do and and you know sailing with groups uh which uh will push each other on to uh beat each other and you know just have that um, that uh, will to improve is massive and you know getting out on the water nowadays is such a uh relief and such uh you know, it's really enjoyable instead of being stuck in the house or or uh yeah. So and yeah, it's a very
0: tough one. Picking up on the the fact that you mentioned about sort of trying to get as many international events under your belt as possible, I remember you sort of t- telling me and Cameron Tweedle back in, you know, winter of sort of eighteen nineteen about doing that exact thing and, you know, myself you know and, and Cameron sort of done those events and I think it gained me a lot of experience and you know you get beaten 99% of the time but oh, you learn so much yeah. from it yeah I mean my first partner I
1: think we, we the 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 young ones of us we were all in the 75 area the world's as two you know and we are getting absolutely slaughtered but you know you need that experience as long as you have a solid base you know, your speed is good and your decisions are good. Why not go and face that slaughtering? And, you know, you're only learning from it. And, uh, and um, yeah, it's just, uh, you just have to learn and make sure you're, not, you're briefing yourself, uh, either with just by yourself or with a coach or speaking to the other guys, uh, your teammates, uh, to, you know, really understand what worked and what didn't on those days and uh just i think yeah just experiencing the whole vibe of the the event is uh, really important and, and once you have that experience taking it back to a qualifier i think is uh, massive
0: yeah you sort of go back to a qualifier and it it seems easy in in a sense not
1: of course there's a lot more space there's uh there's uh yeah where you can you know uh, sell your own race
0: yeah, is, yeah. So, i mean the biggest thing is starting in on a qualifier fleet is so much easier than starting on a on a senior fleet, and one of those events in in twenty nineteen was an event in Genoa, and I remember you know yeah. tra- you know the event had ended, you weren't at the event, yeah. the event had ended, and I was trying to get out of Genoa at night, probably about. Ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night, and uh, I get pulled over by the police. (laughs) You you probably know where this is going, and um, you know I I didn't speak. You know my Italian's sort sort of minimal, and Uh, their English was also minimal. He called
1: me. He called me. I was getting ready to bed, (laughs) and uh, he sounded very very concerned. (laughs) And uh, you're saying, Lorenzo, could you please sort this out for me? And handed it over to a carabinieri, a policeman in Italy. And he was saying, can you you speak Italian? I said, yes, I can speak. Uh, See, sì, posso parlare in italiano. So, I, yeah, I started speaking to Italian to this policeman. And he said, your brother doesn't have any money for this fine that we're giving him. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, he's not my brother. <laughs> and tell your mum that he needs to have some cash whenever he's going on journeys. And basically, at the end of all this, I told him that he was in a, you know, it's his first time in in Italy. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the case, but, and uh, uh, now, well, back then with the bridge being down and in general, the streets are really confusing to get out of it. Most of it is all one-way systems i said look uh he, the the this uh, ben has been at a competition world sailing uh competition in genova um, he's lost and he's extremely sorry and i think i even got you to get a uh private uh like an a passage. yeah to uh back to the club right
0: yeah so they uh so well yeah, so they let me and a off good
1: the discount off that fine, I think.
0: Yeah, so they, they basically let me off the fine and I only had to pay thirty Euros which was I think it was going to be like a two hundred euro fine. So to to get it down to thirty euros is a huge uh, thanks to yourself. And um and yeah, and then they escorted me sort of out of out of, you know, Geneva and like you said, it's just such a nightmare. But that that came in, you know, <laughs> very handy having you you know, even though you were sort yeah, of yeah. late to going to bed, I don't know what would happen oh, if you had gone to bed. But yeah, but the best part of it, as a thank you gift, <laughs> Ben
1: gave me, I think, a liter of maple <laughs> syrup, specially delivered from Canada. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was incredible.
0: Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that was good. I, I do, I do like my maple syrup, and I think I, I had mm. sort of several. But no, it was, it was such a huge, and I think that it. Sums you up a lot, Lorenzo. Is, uh, you do have a lot of time for people, very sort of down to earth. And sort of a couple of event, I think the next event I saw you was the Senior Europeans in uh, in Porto. Is that the next event, I think?
1: Sorry, the, the line's breaking up a oh, bit. But, uh,
0: I think the next event I saw you at was the Senior Europeans in Porto. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I think we had i had you over dinner for my special one dish wonder <laughs> matriciana right yeah it says I've, <laughs> uh, I've uh finally got uh, good at uh, all these years and uh, yeah it's uh, uh, an italian roman dish from just uh,
0: really easy but
1: really tasty
0: i, I know the next time that then, I, I see you i, I hope to have a, have another little bit of that it was delicious
1: yeah, no problem.
0: But those those European Championships, I felt that you know during that whole week you were sort of laser focused in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I you know I I enjoyed that. Well, actually, the very first race I, I struggled in, and uh, I I didn't. Enjoy. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really get into the into the swing of things, and uh, I think that probably gave me a, a you know a big shock and a heads up of what the task ahead was. And after that, my you know, I got a win in the next race after that, and that just relaxed everything again. And I think that saved me. And you know. That was one of the biggest events for me. uh, uh, Moving forward, as half of it was in big breeze, and I still managed to come away with solid results to keep me in, well, and also extend uh, uh, on the on the fleet and um, points wise. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed that event. The venue was very tricky with tidal conditions.
2: There was a lot of
1: uh, tides, a lot of current and great, beautiful Atlantic Ocean rolling in. And um, I think what was really important for me in that event was just, just get those starts solid and uh, having enough confidence in my strategic strategy to uh, come off. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Thankfully, with those tides, the leverage was massive. And I was so confident in my strategic uh, decisions with the tides uh, information that James Gray gave me and Chris Gowers with their technologies on the rib. And, um, you know, I remember going after the first race of the finals and saying, uh, why did that happen? I was like, oh, never mind I, I fully understood and in the back of my mind i was really you know sure of you know i i i've 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 done a lot of tidal racing in in largs and in uh, you know everywhere wherever hailing island and uh you know having people like mark russell going through these things with you through british sailing team you, you gain so much uh, knowledge and you get this stuff even from books you know And you just have to go out there and, um, uh, you know, try it. And um, small things like uh, Tidal is actually a a big uh, um, opportunity to beat the, you know, to beat Be ahead of uh, the uh, international fleet, uh, one step ahead, and use using those opportunities to get ahead. And
0: I think I did that quite well. Like, like you said, I think if you take advantage of those sort of opportunities that people, other people, won't take advantage of, you can make a huge sort of gain in a way. Yeah, exactly. And I remember you saying, sort of, in your, you know, sort of winner's speech that you know you had to be smart during that week and in some venues and like you said porto being one of those you just have to be you know smart sailor sort of thing anyway
1: yeah yeah and um thankfully i had the the two coaches with with all that information and um but after that it was quite simple you know you could even draw it out on on a, on the side of the rib or on on your laser like what's the tide doing and what's that going to do to the wind shifts and uh, what the fleet is going to do on the course and uh yeah and you know once you you know that and you 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 know what's going to go happen and you see the other side and the other you you see the the fleet going uh, one way and you're going the other you're saying okay I'm just going to concentrate on my speed and I know this side is going to work and you see it working it's just a big relief and what's even better is if the, the the tide switches again and then you see the fleet going to the side that you went to in the first race but now the tide switched so <laughs> you're, you're going to the other side you're you're laughing you know and um, it was a bit like that in in. Uh,
0: uh, in uh, Porto sometimes though with you know when you're going off to that side and everyone else is going to the other side, uh, but you you know you you know that side's working, but surely there's a little bit of doubt that you know everyone's going to the other side. Does that worry at all i think I think it all comes to your confidence and your calculated decision yeah um, just sort of believing in yourself really then yeah, for sure. Yeah. And sort of moving on to, you know, this past year, for a lot of the start of the year, you were, you know, dealing with a back injury, um, you know, when everyone was in lockdown anyway. But what were sort of the steps you were taking to, to you know, make sure that when you come back from that injury that you were, you know, fully fitness?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I didn't... I, I mean, I, I still didn't really know or know exactly what happened, uh, with the back and, uh, through, through lockdown and stuff. And, um, uh, the team were asking me, you know, what, what can uh, get on the hiking bench and do this session and this session? I was always telling them, look, I can't do that cause my back's absolutely killing. Him. Um, but you know, I managed to find out that being on, you know, that, slump position on a bike was fine for me so I used that opportunity to really get out do so many rides, get that base done and dusted so then when I did had the opportunity when the lockdown came off, I w- w- already had one aspect of the way underway and um, yeah, just fully uh, came down here to the team and uh you know assess what was going on and uh, then it was sort of a road of you know getting strength back and um, and it was a long road and but uh, uh thankfully I, um, I managed to get out on the water just in time for the europeans and um um you know i think it was a it was a, even a bit of a push to get there um i wasn't I wasn't 100% and I had to still work a lot with the physios when I was at the event and uh, but uh, just to be out on the water again was such a relief for me after all those months and you know I was so so excited and geared up for it that uh, yeah it was uh, just being there was a great success
0: and to, you know start off the you know Europeans out in Poland, you started the week with two bullets straight off, so you'd obviously done everything right along that long process.
1: Yeah, and you know, we got there, and uh, I only went out three days beforehand there uh, in here in Weymouth, and three days out there in Poland prior to that event, and uh, you know, I was very. Very uh, wary that I had, I didn't have a lot of time on my hands, and but I I did know that I was quick. Uh, I had my my good boat speed downwind, and um, you know I was playing a lot of sailx and or uh, what's it called virtual racing now, yeah, and trying to keep you know the mind thinking about you know the tactical decisions and uh, the strategy and stuff like that and um but uh, yeah when i was out there the most important thing is to get my confidence in the in the in the big fleet and it was so hard and i was getting absolutely smashed in those training runs uh, with all those boats starting over the line sometimes and i was really struggling to get off the line but um uh, on that first day Nick really, you know, got me in, it, into the modes. What was the work on, uh, what was the what was going to make, you know, the gain out of the day? Was it, you know, pressure? Was it shift? And, I, you know, I said, uh, I'm going to just make sure I've got space. I need to link those pressure bands together. And then once I'm in that pressure, figure out what shift it was. And it's as simple as that. And, uh... I managed to get off the line, get some space, and that was what I was working for to the wind remark. And thankfully, I, I rounded quite high up, and then I used all my speed downwind to get ahead. And uh, it was, yeah, it was so, you know, it was. I was absolutely pussing that I came away with those first two wins.
0: And throughout the whole event, you know, you, you stayed sort of consistent and. You know, managed to you know walk away with a bronze medal, which, considering you've been out for the majority of the year, is yeah. a you know great achievement.
1: Yeah, I mean, my tactical stuff and uh, the speed was there. The only problem there was the starting. I was really, really poor. My confidence was of the, knowing where the line was was really bad. There wasn't any transits. There was, you know, there was a forest there, or there was sea, and or a cloud, and. Uh, yeah, I didn't know where the line was and I was really struggling to get off the line. But, you know, working with Nick, uh, he made things simple, you know, start next to the guy just ahead of him. Uh, you know, make sure you're covered, though. And, uh, you know, slowly, slowly. Uh, uh, and, and you know, if if it was bad, I managed to wriggle a way out of it. Um to keep the scores roughly low, but you know, if 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 that, there was one thing which I wish I had more time to do before the event, it was uh, getting that confidence of knowing where the line was and uh, you know judgment of uh, time and distance.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a huge part, and you know, this year as well has been difficult. I think for everybody that hasn't been racing to try and you know put those skills into practice on the start line what would you say to people, you know, in if they can only sort of train with themselves to, you know, try and focus on what they can do to improve their stats yeah. and time and distance?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, training, well, it's something which I had on the very first
0: uh, weekend
1: with uh, David Cockrell and Toppers, you know, all you need is a boy, a mark, in, in the, it could be a Creole mark or something like that. And, um, you can, you know, try and hold that position um, stationary as close to the mark as possible. Um, you could um, do some timed runs, uh, some accelerations from that mark, try and see how quick you can get up to full speed without uh, yeah, making that time a lot shorter. Um, doing some, you know, uh, double tacks. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, that will prepare you already for you know push, uh, for uh, to to make things already a step ahead and uh, not getting to the start of a qualifier or a international event with uh, you know wor- worries.
0: That's great. Oh. Thanks for coming on this week, Lorenzo, for an hour of flower. No problem. And um, there's, been no, it's a, a there's been so much sort of information I'm sure people can take away and hopefully put into their training. What's what's the sort of next event that you're hoping to do this year?
1: Well, um, yeah. Um, it's a difficult one because a lot... At the moment, uh, here seems like it's running and uh, my something that I had to think about the Europeans as well, um, as there was a lot of talk that the, the, it might not go ahead, and uh, uh, in Poland, and you know, you have to think mindset-wise that the the event's going on, and until it's not going on, and if you already start doubting that it might not go ahead, then you've already lost. I think. But mm-hmm. so, so yeah, my f- next focus is to be. Fully fitness and strength and back ready for that, and uh, yeah, um, and uh, try slowly ticking things off on the water as well for that event.
0: For sure, and best of luck out there, and hopefully you know we'll go ahead and hopefully we'll be back racing soon.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it'll be great to have everyone out in the UK on the qualifiers or nationals uh, this summer.
0: Sure, but thanks again, Lorenzo, for you know coming on this week. And for those that haven't already, make sure you do you know stay up to date with the each week we'll be bringing a new episode. So make sure you subscribe and stay up to date with those latest episodes. But that's it for this week with an hour of flower. And thanks again to Lorenzo.
1: Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you.